So Pepper and I met on the Joe Bob Briggs Discord server originally, um, very briefly, really. And then we yeah, ended up too long. Yeah, not too long. And then um, through a mutual friend, we ended up joining another Discord at the time that was called Overdue Video Review, which doesn't exist any longer. But that's pretty much where I guess over like what the COVID months, seven, eight, nine months, we got to yeah, know each basically. other. Yeah. <laughs> when we're all looking for something to do without leaving the house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, I love watching movies yeah. with friends. So it's basically just virtually doing that. And then, of course, shooting the shit all the time. Um, oh, of course. And giving each other <laughs> shit all the time, basically. Oh, yes. I think you're well aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so I think that's where we mostly got to know each other. And then... Um, Pepper knew that I do the Tarot Talk podcast with Kathy, and I believe started listening to that as we became friends, and then we started talking podcasting, and then she actually joined our Discord server for that podcast, and then that's a more intimate environment, uh, mostly just for patrons of our Patreon, and then that's a more intimate environment, so we really got to know each other, became friends, you know, DM'd all yeah. the time and all that, and so ended up started talking about, um, well, I ended up getting to know Pepper and her very unique thoughts about things, and I thought, and we have always gotten along and, and enjoyed each other, so I thought this would be a good idea. <laughs> I was very, very curious to see how you were going to frame this one. So. Right, like, how, <laughs> what, why, why are we here? <laughs> right. So awesome. So that's kind of where we met. So I don't know, Pepper, why don't you tell, I don't know, whoever is listening to this a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you like I have. Sure. So um, I live in New York City. I am a court reporter currently. I used to work in theater. I was a stage manager. I did real weird avant-garde shit and some bad shit and some good shit. Uh, I was a bartender before that. So, so I, uh, I've, I've, you know, I'm used to dealing with different kind of characters, kind of characters is you you know you meet on a discord <laughs> right on <laughs> right on so kind of like working in mental health you just kind of like you, you're you could roll with the different personalities right exactly or you know you get good at kind of knowing how to how to deal with people how to be with people and this and that and right. I have a job where I don't talk at all so this is a new thing for me <laughs> right on well yeah I do talk in my job but I do a whole lot of listening so I totally get it on some level <laughs> but yeah you actually have to listen really acutely in court reporting so that's yeah it's gotta of, be exhausting it's actually yeah, you get to a point where you're just like, I don't want to hear anybody talk for a little bit. I just want to listen to music. I don't want to listen to people on TV. It's a very strange, you don't, you wouldn't think it's something you get sick of, but you do. Oh, I imagine. And then I would think like Discord or online communities would actually serve that purpose really well because you're not actually hearing voices. You're exactly. typing and so it's quiet. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of still like get my sensory break, but still get to feel social, which is nice. I was saying before that we met on the Joe Bob server, Discord server, Joe Bob Briggs. And for anyone who might be listening to this who doesn't know who Joe Bob is or doesn't understand that, is he's a, a, a horror host who's been around for decades. And he actually has a live show on Shudder, I believe, in this third season now. But before that, they used to do specials and stuff. So us coming together came from a love, a joined love of horror. But also, I think once you started listening to the Terror Talk show, it was also like a true crime. Um, yeah, we do I a lot of true of, crime, too. So, yeah, we discovered that we kind of have a lot of similarities and overlaps and interests. And 
Yeah, and I think I think the topics we're going to cover today and just the chats we're going to have today are, are going to cover actually <laughs> many of the things we have in common. Um, and and like on that note, what I would say is, um, do you have like a gateway drug to horror? Like, I don't know if that's the first horror movie you ever fell in love with or whatever. So I think aside from the fact that as a child, my parents would check my scalp for sixes, <laughs> which, you know, then you're kind of like, well, what's this about? But I think, um, and then I also, I grew up an only child and I hung out with my cousins who were all older. They had, you know, they were siblings, they were boys. So, and they lived in Long Island in like a kind of a secluded place. And when we go visit, there wasn't really much to do. So we watched, we made movies and we watched movies and they liked horror movies and things like that. And I think part of it was, you know, to see how much they could put me through. (laughs) Boys. You know, yeah, exactly. And then, like, I play a younger sister role where it's just like, what are we doing with this kid right now? All right, (laughs) let's put something on to scare her. (laughs) So I have that kind of background. And then um, I think the first movie that I got to say I really fell in love with was Scream. It was sort of the first movie I watched on my own where it wasn't sort of forced upon me or like, hey, you got to check this out. It was the first thing I sought out and said, I'm going to watch this movie. And that's kind of been a wrap for me. It's I, I it's all I watch. I love horror. I love other things, but it is. Yeah. Like me, the main I, genre I, that you I, love. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it strikes me that's a horror comedy and what I've always known of you just in hanging out and being friends is that generally speaking, it's either like your favorites are sort of horror comedies or like spooky ghosty stuff. Would that be accurate um, or and found footage, I guess too. Found footage is sort of um, my like Taco Bell. Okay. I know it's awful. (laughs) Like I'm not aware that, you know, it is, is not for everybody, but if you like it, you're going to watch it all and it's going to be bad. And and I mean, I mean, some people feel that way about horror comedies too. Um, I don't feel that way. I, I think you don't feel, I think you feel like horror, even a bad horror comedy is like fun and, but, but some people need horror comedies to be like really well executed to be good. But I don't think that's the case for you. It's not, but I will say that there is, a difference in me something enjoying like there are horror comedies that are genuinely very good they're very scary they're very funny then you have horror comedies that are more trash where it's you know it it is what it is and so you i have an appreciation for both it's a different kind of appreciation but like right i can find my treasure in there no that's that completely makes sense it's like you know what it is and you can appreciate it for what it is and i guess that would lead me to say then was there a gateway drug to trashy horror that you ha- can think of? I'm trying to think. Me, I I can't even say trashy horror. I think maybe it would be Scream because in a way it does have sort of, you know, it has. It's a little campy. It's a it you know it's a little meta. It's it makes jokes about itself and watching it in the right mood that movie is hysterical too it has a lot of jokes that land so i think really scream kind of molded me more than anything else or maybe the sequels (laughs) you know what maybe the scream sequels are the trashy one (laughs) yeah exactly i only very recently watched the sequels i have to say i love scream it was one of those movies i'm like i'm going to preserve this i know these are gonna live up like just let me let me have scream. I'm gonna. It's gonna be okay. Right, and there's a new one coming out. So, 
in oh, that's right. 2022 maybe now i think i saw something maybe it was january i'm not sure but next january oh, yeah. like so we have scream five to look forward to mm -hmm. so we'll just see where that is on the have to watch it. i know i'm well of course i mean so i guess one of the things we wanted to do or how we had decided to do and thought would be interesting on this show was to pick um some of pepper's <laughs> favorite trashy well we're gonna start with favorites we might run out i don't know but we're gonna start with favorites but like favorite kind of what you would call trashy trashy horror and we say that affectionately trashy horror yes with, with the most love right I, I, my spirit animal is a raccoon i love trash it's fine there you go so it's like the <laughs> i think we even talked about that on shrink chat right um <laughs> i said to kathy like she loves trashy horror. She's like, oh, I, I am going to have to talk to her about that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> she loves raccoons. So, of course, she loves trashy horror. Yeah, she thought that was hilarious. I'm like, okay, so you know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> and the first one we wanted to uh, tackle today was uh, Zombievers from 2014. Which is a movie that is very dear to my heart. Exactly. And so... <laughs> This is why I thought it would be a good one to start with, mostly because uh, on the Terror Talk Discord we had we had just watched it recently. Um, I think just a casual watch between a few friends. We um, watched it, and um, yeah, because um, he, the director's follow up had just dropped. So it was kind that's of right. Like, that's let's right. Watch, let's watch this, and if it's awful at least Zombievers will be happy. <laughs> we can go back to Zombievers and check it exactly. out. So Which, to, <laughs> by the way, Drone wasn't awful, everyone. You should watch it. Yeah, no. I mean, I would say I like Zombievers better. But... For sure, but I feel like I was definitely satisfied. Yeah, you weren't You weren't in a place where you were like, well, he fucked that up. That's not, yeah, no, he that's not working. He definitely knew what people were coming to see and gave it to us. Cool. Um, so to orient those of you who may not have seen the epic... 2014 comedy horror Zombievers. It's uh, it's only 77 minutes long, which we know is a is a big factor for me in liking a movie. Yeah, you're gonna hear that over and over again. Pepper has like a if it's 90 minutes or under, then she'll watch anything. <laughs> yes, basically. Over 90 minutes. Eh. I'm gonna take some convincing. You're yeah, gonna, right. You're gonna have to your case. <laughs> gonna have to take counsel on that one. Um, so the log line for this, I figured because um, Rotten Tomatoes is the trashiest um, review site on the internet that we should take all of our data from Rotten Tomatoes on this show. So, Which I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> I'm so glad. So the movie info on this, meaning the log line on Rotten Tomatoes states, college friends find their weekend of sex and debauchery ruined when deadly zombie beavers swarm their riverside cabin. Right, and that's the movie, folks. There and that—that is—that's what's so great, right? Yeah, you go in for zombievers, and you get zombievers, and it's fantastic, and I love it. So I've only seen this movie twice. Have you seen it more than that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get her to admit, like, yes, I've seen it 63 and a half times, and no, I will not give you a number. But yes, I've seen it You're probably not counting at this point. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> So generally speaking, this movie is a lot of fun, right? And I imagine that's one of the reasons why you like it. Um, I'm yeah, and I think um, I think it definitely leans more comedy than horror. 
but it has its nice little horror elements and it does its comedy really well. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's it's good for a laugh. If nothing else, you're you'll find something to laugh at. Right. If if for no other reason than to like laugh at the animatronic beavers who have turned into <laughs> zombies that like have little Which gnashing looks- teeth and whatever. <laughs> I will say I think look better than they have any right to look. I, for the <laughs> movie that you're watching, I think those zombies look great. I don't care what anybody says; it looks fantastic. I think we, yeah. uh, I think Kathy and I even spoke about your reactions to zombies on the show. <laughs> and I was like, it, it Pepper is- loves this show, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> yes. She hasn't seen it though, yeah. so she's being judgmental without having seen it. <laughs> Listen, you tell her name a time and place and I will hold her hand through it. Let's watch right. It. I'm like, show up on the discord. We'll watch it. It's all good. So one of the things I thought would be fun is that um, since we're getting all of our important data from Rotten Tomatoes, the most reliable <clears throat> movie site on the webs on the Internet, um, I thought what I could do is read you a few of the um, not good movie reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and then maybe you'd have a comment or two. So on Rotten Tomatoes, they have the critic review area, and they have the audience review area. And on Rotten Tomatoes, Zombieverse has actually, you may be surprised to know, it has a 70% rating in the critic area. So in the critic area, yeah, like not so bad. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, that's not so bad. I mean, there's only 37 reviews, but like not so bad. Um, In the audience score, it's got over 2,500 ratings and only 31%. (laughs) I would have flipped that. I 100% would have flipped that and thought it would have been the other way. You know, what's funny, though, too, is that the critics consensus is like that it isn't. It says like it isn't high art, but it delivers just enough gory insanity that it like (laughs) delivers on its promises, basically. So I don't know. I think that's great. So, all right. Yeah. Um, a couple of the critics are saying things like, I'll just throw these together. It's not much of a movie, a comedy that sounds much funnier than it actually is. And this one is not all that fun. All right. First of all, it is very fun. Second of all, let's, let's start there. First of all, it's very fun. I mean, you have a beaver transformation in this movie. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> But come on I mean, it's now. in the title. <laughs> like you have like you have someone turn into a beaver. It's a whole thing. It is fantastic. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the characters are fun because for for such a short movie with such a, a stupid premise, like the characters are kind of really fleshed out. They're really individual people. Like you know who they are. So I. A lot of fun. I think it's fun. Bill Burr. I mean, I know that's a, that's definitely something we should mention. Bill Burr is in it, so like that yeah, gives it a tiny of, bit of credibility. <laughs> <laughs> he has, yeah, he has. He kind of bookends it. It's a very funny little, you know, little part. Starts warms you up and warms you down. Yeah, exactly. So here's an audience review. It says there isn't much I can say about this film. They gave it half a star, by the way. I wasn't expecting much. But even compared to other cheap comedies, it is truly awful. The acting is shocking. The production looks like a cheap uh, film class. And well, the storyline, I suppose I can't comment on since it meant it's meant to be stupid. Avoid it at all costs is what that guy says. 
Wow. That guy must be fun at parties is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Fair because, and I think that's, that's one of the things, right? Is that you have to be like, you have to know it for what I, it is. Exactly. I appreciate a movie that is aware of what it is and doesn't try to be anything more or less than that. And I think Zombievers, like with that title, they could have really dropped the ball in one area. I would say I don't think it looks cheap at all. I didn't either. Decent production. Yeah, I didn't either. I've watched. Yeah, I've definitely. I wouldn't put that in a cheap, you know, where it's difficult to watch. You know, no. There's definitely those low budget movies that are hard to watch. I wouldn't say that about this at all. I wouldn't either. I mean, you and I have personally watched a lot of <laughs> poorly made, poor production quality, $45 on my brother's camcorder kind of movies. So like, this, oh, yeah. this we, is not we that. Finished Werewolf Island. There we you go. Werewolf Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Werewolf Island is maybe one of those ones we should do for um, the Titties and Tonic show on Patreon for Terror Talk because it's so bad. <laughs> but that would mean I might have to watch it again and that just will make me cry. Oh, um, yeah. You know what? That that idea lived and died in that minute we mentioned it because I don't think I can watch it again. Yeah, it's over for me. I'm so sorry. Don't ever see Werewolf Island. That's your bonus tip. Um, <laughs> and, I'm gonna, and I'm just going to warn you, there are no werewolves. So <laughs> That's the don't, thing. Don't do it. That was our see, problem. I came to Werewolf. Yes, I came to Werewolf Island to see werewolves. That did not happen. I came to Zombievers and I got Zombievers. And I got you did. a lot of them. Well, that's what I'm that's what we're saying about it. Like it's not cheap is because there are actual animatronic zombievers and CGI and stuff. So like they had yeah. some money. Um all right, let's move on from Zombievers. I feel like we've um I feel like yeah, if we don't if we don't cut it out, I'll talk about it. <laughs> well, maybe it'll come up in comparison next time to whatever other trash <laughs> we choose. I think that's gonna be our baseline. <laughs> like, is it zombies or not zombies? Right, that was the um, entry into this type of no. conversation. I know you know one of the things I've always <laughs> known about Pepper and what she jokes about herself as being as petty like oh Petters, Pepper's just being petty kind of thing so I thought it would be fun for us to maybe like you know what's something that's been recently like petty uh, you know what can we be petty about and I'm I'm terrible at being petty so Pepper's teaching me um, so <laughs> we were we were watching the um, Joe Bob Briggs uh, live special last Friday night. Uh, we're recording this beginning of May. So it was the, you know, last Friday, whatever, end of April. And the one of the movies that he was showing is called, is an Australian movie called Next of Kin. And one of the things Joe Bob was saying is that like, oh, we're watching this movie because it's, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino's favorite Australian movie. And then the movie proceeded to be long, boring and awful. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't make it through it, and I know you didn't. Um, but that brought up a thing. About ten minutes in, <laughs> I lasted longer than that. <laughs> but it's earlier for me. Uh, I'm on the West yeah. Coast. Fever's on the East Coast, so it's earlier for me. So I'm not fighting sleep as much as everybody else when we're watching Joe Bob. But you know what? It, what was interesting about that, though, setting next to Ken aside, basically, is that it brought up a tirade that Pepper had about Quentin Tarantino <laughs> that I had no idea. And I feel like this is like unpopular opinion 101 with Pepper, but 
So, yeah. But, so I was already not, I was, for Joe Bob, I was pretty tired. And I kind of knew I wasn't going to make the second movie, but was, like, willing to put, you know, willing to make an effort. And then he had mentioned the Quentin Tarantino thing. And I was like, nah, I'm not really going to put an effort to this. And I will tell you, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I hated this movie so much that I was like, I don't even like Pulp Fiction anymore. And I know that's ridiculous. I know. And you know what? It hurts me the most, honestly, because I loved I loved Pulp Fiction. I loved Reservoir Dogs. You know, I mean, Inglorious Bastards. Like I, I was a fan. I was a super fan. And when I would hear all like the negative things about Quentin Tarantino, like he's kind of meandering or like, you know, the genuine criticisms you hear about him. And I would be like, no, but I think the end product is worth it. Blah, 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 blah. I got to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and was like, wow, I was so wrong. Like, it was the first time I was like, wow, I'm, I've been wrong about everything. What else am I wrong about? Like, this was it, it made you like truly, wipe away your whole opinion of Tarantino, huh? It really, truly did. And I think part of it is, which is even pettier and awful of me, but his like longtime editor passed away. And I believe this was his first movie without that editor. And I was like, Mm, see, maybe you're not as good as everybody says. And I know that's terrible. I'm aware. But like I said, I and I noticed it. I didn't even, after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it wasn't like I immediately was like, I don't like Pulp Fiction anymore. But it was on. And I feel like all of the bad things in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I could see in Pulp Fiction and was just like, I'm not even enjoying this. Yeah, like when you like went said, back. No more than me. Yeah, you went back to revisit it, and then it was like, for whatever reason, something was uncovered. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, uncovered, and then maybe you saw behind the wizard's curtain, you know what I mean? I kind of feel like that's what it was, where I was like, this is Quentin Tarantino with nobody holding him back, where he's just making his movie his way, and blah, blah, blah. And for all, you know, for all the merits it does have, there are some interesting things about it. But I don't think it's at the on its face a good movie. Gotcha. And like in kind of obnoxious ways. Did you and hate like, it because it changed like the ending and all like uh, the reality of the ending that it wasn't true to life? That kind of thing. Did that bug you? That didn't bug me. What bugged me is I was like, I already saw this in, in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I felt like we've already sort of done the outlandish fantasy revenge thing. So when I saw that that's where the movie was going, I kind of felt like it was a cheap move. Like, sure. I've seen this. There's nothing new. Like, I understand. Like, maybe that's a weird take to have, but that's what Pepper Bites is, is just weird takes. <laughs> Pepper's weird takes, though. I don't find you that weird. <laughs> I think I think, um, I think, think you have a point because, I mean, Tarantino has always been derivative of himself and then derivative of history, right? Of, so, and he, everybody. Right, and he says, like, oh, I got into Japanese anime, and so then I made Kill Bill or whatever. So you, you always know his influences, <laughs> But I totally take your point around, well, one, I used to work in post-production, so I know how edit how important editors are and how they can really make or break yeah. you. And that's why all directors mm -hmm. have their own editor, that they, like Spielberg just goes with his same editor for every single movie because you get I the mean, rhythm. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, you can't have one without the other. It really makes a difference who's, you know, who cuts the movie. I mean, you can film whatever, but whoever's cutting it is going to, you know, it's going to take, it's going to change the flair of it. Right. And I feel like like I just was 
unfettered unfettered Tarantino and it it wasn't good. Okay. Fair. Fair. So that's um Pepper <laughs> being petty. A lot. <laughs> that's not even yes. the surface level of petty that Pepper can go. That's just the most recent. We're just breaking you in. Um so <laughs> I <laughs> I also know that you have a love of true crime and I think, you know, even though um Kathy and I on Terror Talk have done these like deep dives into certain cases and stuff. I, I think your love of true crime, you know, is exponentially larger, probably in many ways, <laughs> especially as far as like the vastness of what you imbibe in that. Um, yeah, I can't say like, I know there are some people who are like, I only like unsolved mysteries or only like, you know, right. or only like this for like, I really, I, I'm interested in it all. Yeah, I totally get that. And so I was going to ask you, um, and maybe this will be an ongoing thing for us too, is like, what's sort of one true crime thing you wanted to talk about or whatever that maybe you watched this week? So I watched a Bailey Sarian video. She does murder mystery and makeup. And I was introduced to that by somebody else in the the Joe Bob discord. So, and um, she was talking about a corn rake murder. So basically quick overview. um, uh, This woman's son finds her dead with with a rake stuck in her back. She has six puncture wounds. Um, he runs, he gets his dad, they work on a hog farm, and he runs, gets his dad, they drive her to the hospital, she ends up passing away, the father go. The father is eventually charged with her murder, and is sentenced, and is sentenced, uh, I forget for how long, but was found guilty, is in jail, I think even might have went to appeal, I forget that one, so let me not say which way on that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it came, so, for me personally, it can, you know, I am always along for the ride when someone's like, it's the hus- like, it's the husband. It makes sense. It's this and that. But I am so city that I was just like, honestly, anything can happen on a farm. Like I kind of like it, it they was, which was the, you know, the argument they were making was um, that it was just sort of a freak accident. It was a really narrow space. She wasn't feeling well. She just kind of, you know, fell or tripped or whatever, and this rake fell into her back. And that was, which, I don't know, I feel like normally I would be like, yeah, that's bullshit. That's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not what, that's not what happened. Like, there was an affair on her part, like, the husband obviously had reason, like, normally I'd be like, yeah, definitely totally the husband. But I don't know, man, I feel like anything can happen on a farm. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, um, you know, once this is posted, I can link the the Bailey Sarian video so that, you know, whoever is interested in it, like she's on YouTube and she does them every Monday and um, she's great. And she she'll lay out the facts for you. And then it makes it easier for people like you and I to like comment on it. <laughs> I guess we don't have to go into the facts. Like, <laughs> just watch the video. It's fine. Um, she watched she watched the trial. So we don't have to. Yeah, she does the minutia. And then we just get to say what we think. And um I feel like on a the way it was set up, the way Bailey set it up was that, you know, they the family came around the corner and Amy, who was the deceased, was like laying on her stomach with a corn rake in her back. And that just sounds like murder. So it's sort of like set up looking like that. But then as they explained it, of course, it was like a small space and, you know, she could have fallen on it. So. there's really it's one of those ones that she did or that is in the world that it's just really unanswered right like they convicted him 
Yeah. So when and they did, and I mean, there's definitely there's definitely evidence. I could definitely say it's motive. I just feel like were I on that jury, like there is enough reasonable doubt for me. Because even when I like for you, when you said, oh, when she said there was a corn, you know, a rake stuck in her back, and it sounds like murder. My first instinct, truthfully, was like, I don't know, it's a farm. That's what happens. Like sometimes weird things like that do happen. I mean, Fair. this is also a place that everybody needs to know. They eat tan pigs, which is something <laughs> that I really. So I please just, explain what tanning pigs is. <laughs> I I honestly I wanted to do a deep dive on this in and of itself because I was so blown away. But apparently, if you have a hog farm, you will eventually show hogs, like kind of like like at the state fair or whatever. Yeah, so you will show off your hogs. And I guess you want your hog looking its best on its big day. So they have a, they have a tanning. I can't even with that. Bed. I'm trying to get through it. I'm trying to get through it. They have a tanning bed for the pigs. And I don't I don't quite understand the process. I'm not sure if it's like like I'm like picturing a regular studio tanning bed and you just like I don't know. I wanted to look into it, but I was also like, maybe this is something I should not. I don't need to. Maybe I not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but I just remember I was just so blown away by this. It is not something I had ever heard of before. So and I just kind of was like astounded by the fucked upness of it. Like you're just kind of mildly cooking your pig. I don't know. It was I, just really strange. Yeah. I mean, when she said it, of course, I thought she was joking at first. And the reason why I watched this video in the first place was because you said, like, hey, let's talk about the corn rake murder. And so I watched it. And then uh, uh, there's <laughs> like they <laughs> tan the pigs for showing when you hear it. They, and what I thought of is I have a friend who's a competitive bodybuilder. And of course, she when she does her shows, they, you know, they spray tan you within an in inch of your life. You look like ridiculous it's so brown yeah, and really dark and i'm thinking about that for pigs and i'm like does that really yeah. make the pig do the pigs need to be more attractive to buy the pigs i, I was just like i was so i was so curious of like is it a series of tanning like is it a one and done do they need like to get a deep dark tan do you like can they get skin cancer right do they have self tanner I, it was just Right. It was just one of those facts where I was like, this all right, this murder I already have like questions about. Right. But the real reason I want to talk about this is because I had no idea that you could that that was a thing. I had and no I idea it was really a thing either. I'm thinking, you know, now that we're thinking about it in reality and <laughs> and, and, and like really considering yeah, that's what we to what you we know, really wanted to discuss in this case. Let's now that I'm spending my day considering how pigs get tanned for show. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I bet, I bet you anything, they walk them into some kind of a room and then there's like lamps or something and the pigs just like stand there and they shoot them with the stuff, you know, the lights. Like as if, you know, if you or I walked into a room and the whole room was a tanning room and you just like stood there, because there's no way a pig is getting on a bed. Which, like, of course, but I also, like, have the thought, I'm, like, maybe, like, because you wouldn't get, like, an even tan, like, if a pig is just walking around. Like, do they, like, you know, give them a little anesthesia and tan them? I don't know. It, these are questions. That That's entirely, that is entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I, I don't know what the mechanics of getting your pig a nice deep dark tan is and I, I'm not sure that I want to know but it's in my brain yeah it's frightening really I don't know I don't also understand why but then I just googled while we were talking pig tanning for show because I feel that was necessary. And although I'm not going to read you what I found, it, it does list the UV bulbs you should use, the um, the basics of the bulbs, and it has little pictures of pigs tanning outside. <laughs> it's like the farm ranch bulbs that you need to use for your pig. Yeah, so apparently it's a thing. And my favorite part of Bailey's video when she was talking about pig tanning is she's like, have they not heard of self-tanner? Like, if it's yeah, about the I, color, just use self-tanner and not, don't hurt the pig and don't give it cancer. Like, what? I, I thought know, that was a really good really, point. And then she was like, I never related to a pig so much. I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> I... Yeah. Too like, funny. I want to get that perfect tan, too. Too funny, yeah. yeah. No, it was... Forget the forget the case. What's what about this pig tanning bed? Do we need to like, know? That's, so yeah, that's for that's another petty example. I'm watching a story about a poor woman who was either murdered or died in a freak accident, and I'm just like, hey, what's up with this pig tanning though? <laughs> Wait a minute, go back to the pig tanning. Um, well, Wait, hold on, hold on. You there, something I gotta come back. <laughs> there is so much true crime these days that we do have to pick out the unique factors, right? Because it all starts to sound the yeah. same. But um, I know that for this show, what we wanted to do, because we figured we were going to spend, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes being petty, is that we wanted to... <laughs> Pepper <laughs> is not just a petty person. And she has many facets to her that I have begun to learn over the year. And one of those <laughs> things is that she's a self-care aficionado as well as giving me all of my makeup and skincare tips. And so we thought we would do a little Pepper's Positive Corner at the end of things and maybe talk about a little self-care tip because I know... I mean, it's rough, man. It's rough to take care yeah. of yourself these days, but it's rough to take care of yourself any day, honestly. I mean, and especially if you're a busy person or whatever you may have going on, like putting yourself first can be a hard thing to do, but mentally it can be so rewarding and just so, you know, help you kind of balance your life and stay sane, especially like especially during times like this where everything's sort of, up, you know, in upheaval. But in general, like just... You got to be your own best friend. I'm a big proponent of that. You have to be nice to yourself. So after I spent 40 minutes being an asshole, I wanted to end with me doing something positive. It doesn't erase it, but maybe I'll balance. <laughs> balance. We like balance. <laughs> we like balance, you know? So you have a self-care <laughs> tip for us today. Yes. I do. Awesome. And uh, it is one that I think I've talked your ear off about <laughs> many times. Probably. I'm a huge fan of sheet masks. You know, those little little masks you get in a wrapper. They come all, you know, a little slimy sometimes, but you put them on your face. Anybody can use them. It doesn't matter. You know, if you have certain skincare things that you want to take care of, of course, you can go into, you know, and really do some research and get your best. But at the end of the day, you've had a stressful week, right? Everything's kind of you know, you're just a little, uh, you don't like anything anymore. You're in a bad mood. You're not. You're just kind of feeling blah. You stick one of those suckers on your face. You hang out for 10 minutes. Feels really nice. Your skin feels really good afterwards. And again, gender neutral. I don't care, boys, girls, whatever you are. Throw on a face mask. Like, you only have one face. You should, you got, you know, you want to take care of it. 
So I'm a big proponent of it. I don't think I have a favorite brand. I really love that there are so many varieties. They're super cheap. It's not like an expensive thing. I mean, yes, I have some face masks that are like $100, but you don't have to do that. You can spend a dollar and just kind of, you know, pick one up at your drugstore. Like I said, you sit on the couch, you put on some music, or even if you have to do something else while you're doing that, because as a core reporter, I spend a lot of time editing in front of the computer, sitting and typing, and sometimes my deadlines don't really allow me to take a break. So you throw on a sheet mask, I do what it is, you take it off, you feel, you know, whether it does for your skin or not, you feel better. You kind of, you took a minute, you put yourself first and Absolutely. It's mindfulness, right? It, it allows you to close your eyes. It allows you to just be like quiet and quant contemplative, like without all of the electronics. And it cleans your face <laughs> too, yeah, right? Because I mean, you got to wash it off. <laughs> it's sort of refreshing. I like the ones that are really like enlivening. Like, I don't know if, you know, that like brighten you or wake you up. I love those. Just I, I realized, you know, that there's the relaxing ones too, but I love the ones that wake you up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have a friend who used to do them before work in the morning, like would pick her favorite Amazing. scent, you know, something and just like, hey, I have to get up early. I hate my job. And Perfect. if I have to do this, at least like I did something for myself. Awesome. And, you know, you feel good about it. And like I said, you got to you got to take time for yourself. There you go. The so you see there's balance. She's going to shit you know, on it. She's going to shit on things. And then she's going to tell you how to take care of yourself. There's a balance there to I'm the pepper. <laughs> so I'm awesome. Not, be an asshole the whole time. <laughs> not the whole time. Maybe a 70, 30 kind of situation. Um, yeah, anyway, that's the, fun, that's the fun ratio, right? Right. Let's, let's try a 70, 30. That's that feels that feels good enough. Um, <laughs> this has been fun. This has been so fun. So this has been, I mean, here we are. This is what we decided to do. These are the things we decided to talk about. And I'm really very, very hopeful that we're going to get to keep doing this. So for those of you who are listening, we thank you so much for listening to this new venture. And this has been an episode of Pepper Bites. And my name is Shannon. And I'm Pepper. Stay spicy.